When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Evan Giddings with you as always. Mark, my man, how are you? I'm doing well, Evan. Happy Wednesday. We are inching closer to the start of a postseason football. And I don't know for, for you today, recording this Wednesday morning, it feels like a Thursday to me. Uh, because the Niner game is only a few days away. Generally, they play on Sunday, but because they kick off the uh, Super Wild Card weekend uh, on Saturday, the, the weekend or the week, I say, is kind of shortened a day. So it feels like a Thursday. I don't think that's a good thing because it means we still have a few more days of work. But it is a Wednesday, but we are closer than normal to a Niners kickoff. So I'm looking forward to that. How are you? I'm doing well. And and I, you bring up a good point because I think there are some advantages to having the first game as much as I wouldn't like if the 49ers lost, meaning, OK, now I got to go watch the rest of these football games, knowing yeah. that the team that I was rooting for is losing and is done for the rest of the postseason. You also, on the flip side, have a chance to relax if the 49ers can take care of business. And the opening line that I saw was about. Nine and a half, you know, 10 points. So obviously they're going to be heavily favored against the Seattle Seahawks. And it is Seahawks week, Mark, for the third time this year. It is not often, uh, number one, that you get to play a team multiple times in the same season. And it is not often that you get to play a division opponent in the playoffs for a third time. So the 49ers have a chance to tic-tac-toe their way through the Seattle Seahawks. They already obviously beat them twice in the regular season, week two, as well as week 15 on the road, and now they get their third chance at home. Um, It does feel like, Mark, though, that we talked last year a lot about how the 49ers and the Rams rivalry was one that was, you know, kind of, I guess, solidified with a postseason meeting. Well, the 49ers and Seahawks already got history. They've already met in the postseason, and it's been waterworks uh, primarily, especially the last meeting for the 49ers. But they have a chance here, and it feels like this is a chance to kind of not only rekindle the rivalry in the postseason, but also snatch it back, like just snatch back whatever, you know, the, the, the bad vibes, the bad feelings that were left in your mouth the last time that the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers met, which, of course, was in the NFC title game um, to go to the Super Bowl and Richard Sherman and Michael Crabtree, that whole you know post post game uh, interview. That's that's one we want to forget for sure. But right. But rivalry week it is, Mark, because the Seattle Seahawks are coming to town. But yeah, I, I first of all, I want to tell all Niner fans listening uh, because it's Seahawks week in the postseason. 
you're going to get some unfortunate memories kind of dredged up. That's just the way it's going to go. The 2013 season, of course, ended in the NFC title game in Seattle against the Seahawks on that Richard Sherman tip interception of uh, Colin Kaepernick pass to, to Michael Crabtree. I have already seen that highlight a bunch of times. In fact, uh, one of our colleagues, Evan, we work with the 95-7 the game, Lucas Alexander, had completely washed that game from his memory. We were watching highlights thinking of, you know, what former Niner players we might want to talk to this week on the radio. And uh, we were looking through the highlights of that game, and he had no clue how it ended. He didn't even remember the interception. He so far wiped it from his memory. He didn't even know how the game ended. So to 49er fans, just know I, I understand your pain. I'm right there with you. This is a, a tough week when you think back, but I think the Niners, and, and you mentioned the point spread, that the Vegas thinks it could be a two-score a two win for the 49ers. This should be a, uh, a better week than the, the, the other postseason matchup between these two teams. But I think you're right. Uh, this is the Niners' biggest rival if Seattle fell off this year, you know, maybe you know, or if they continued to fall off after not making the playoffs last year, maybe that changes a little bit. But you have to credit Pete Carroll and, and how quickly they recovered and built back up into a postseason team. I mean, he's now made the playoffs, what, 10 times in 13 seasons there at the helm of the Seahawks. I mean, he's been the driving force behind them. He survived a handful of Niners coaches. And now the Niners are, are back up near the top of the league, and these are two teams butting heads once again. So I think I'm with you. This is the uh, this is the the rivalry in the NFC West. It's it's Niners and it's Seahawks. There was a little bit of a hi- hiatus there for the Rams, uh, but it looks like they're going to be down for a bit of time. And and the Seahawks certainly questions around the future of their quarterback spot, Evan. Uh, but with how well they drafted, they're at least going to be competitive for years to come, it seems like. And now they have a, a top 10 pick because of the Denver Broncos uh, giving them endless picks for Russell Wilson, which now looks like the worst trade in NFL history. They're going to be competitive for a while. The Niners are certainly set up as well. So I think this is only a rivalry that will continue to grow as the years pass. I think that the rivalry will continue so long as Pete Carroll is head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Because one, like you just laid out, he has led that team to the postseason in 10 of the past 13 years. So there is going to be a high level or at least a a high floor for most of the Seattle Pete Carroll led teams. And as we've seen this year, I think their projected win total this season was over under five and a half. Like they were not supposed to be very good this year. People wrote them off including Geno Smith, who, of course, famously did not write back. (laughs) But you trade Russell Wilson, and you get Geno Smith, who then goes on to set the single-season passing record for Seattle. And we're going to dive deeper into the the matchups and things that will matter on Friday. But my belief is that looking forward, including, of course, what has already transpired in the past decade, decade plus between these two franchises, it is hard for me to think of any other rival for the 49ers even with the Rams having gone past you last postseason and gotten to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl just because of the amount of consistent competitiveness between these two sides the 49ers and the Seahawks have been really the standard bearer over the last you know decade and a half in the NFC West 
And looking around, it doesn't appear that the NFC West is going to be getting any better next year. Now, Seattle probably has the highest ceiling just because of the amount of youth on their roster, as long, uh, along with what Pete Carroll's shown he's able to do with just a minor amount of talent. But the Rams aren't looking good for next season. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals certainly don't know what the hell they're doing. They just let King Kingsbury, uh, Cliff Kingsbury go, and they're locked into a quarterback who likes video games apparently more than playing quarterback. So, and who also I, has a torn ACL. Who also has a torn ACL, and his game's predicated on speed. Those two don't match. I don't know if there's going to be anyone else in the near future outside of Seattle that I would even consider a rival for the 49ers. No, at least... Not a rival in the sense that they're going to, you're going to be fighting with in them division, for in for, division, yeah, in in four division championships. There's still you know bad blood, and Niner fans will definitely feel good about beating the Rams in the future if if that is how it plays out. But you're right. I mean, I think the the clear hierarchy in the NFC West, um, as you you think about the future, is how it played out this year: the Niners and the Seahawks, because not only are the Rams and the Cardinals down this year, but as you laid out, their future looks murky at best. So uh, you have kind of by default, the Seattle Seahawks, who, as we talked about, have a lot of really young talent who helped them get to the playoffs this year. They will only get better and they're going to have some top picks because of the way that the Broncos handled their most recent offseason. And the Niners already have the most talented roster in football. So kind of by default, those are the two teams in this division that should be competitive for years to come. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how, um, I don't know, the, the the nature of this rivalry and the nature of the division plays out in the future. But I think there is one thing that's fairly obvious, Evan, despite the fact that I would say the future of the Seahawks is still relatively bright. Uh, the Niners have picked a hell of a time to be good because of how, how, how depressed the division is going to be four years to come. We talked a lot earlier in the season about the 49ers Super Bowl window. Obviously, a big part of any championship window is being able to be competitive and win your division. Maybe the Niners have a bigger window than than we previously thought, Evan, because of how bad this division might be in the future. You might only have to compete with Seattle for the next three, four, five years. That that might be the way it plays out because of how incredibly bleak the future of the Rams and potentially the Cardinals look. This could be Niners versus Seahawks for years to come. And as it currently stands, I'd be willing to bet on the 49ers. So that might extend their ability to win in the postseason even further because they might have a very good chance to win this division for years to come. Well, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because as I was just kind of looking at the rivalry over the past, um, you know, 10 years, then started to go further back. I, I, I hate to report, Mark, but it has been dominated by the Seattle Seahawks. It's a new day, Evan. It is. It is. And this is the first year in quite some time that the, that the 49ers have swept the Seattle Seahawks in the regular season. So the all-time series would stand at 30 and 19 in favor of Seattle or 19 and 30, not in favor of San Francisco. And of course, their one postseason meeting was in the 2013 NFC title game. So this is maybe not a way to get even. I don't think even a lopsided blowout victory would be able to take the pain away from what a lot of 49ers fans felt on that day, a la Lucas Alexander, who is 
done all he can to wipe it from his memory. Although I, I will say about Lucas, I think he was a senior at USC at the time. So maybe he just was incapacitated. We don't even know what was going on. So I, I went to college in the Pacific Northwest with a lot of, ironically, a lot of California kids, a lot of Northern California kids, Sacramento. So a lot of 49ers fans. The only two fan bases that that were given a a blink were the Seahawks and the 49ers yeah. the entire time, the entire time that I went to school there. And we had an assembly that night. And all of my friends, it, it was like some... I don't know, athlete assembly, uh, our baseball team had to go and, you know, watch some, it, it was, it was, it was like some, you know, don't do drugs and don't, <laughs> don't use steroids and, you know, don't, don't do all these bad things you're supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to do on the college campus. Anyways, it was some seminar. So we we're at that and literally everyone was on their phones watching the NFC title game and hooping, hollering, doing the best they can to conceal their, like they're squealing their, their, their pump fists. And the game ended just as the assembly finished. We wow. all walk outside and, you know, of course the final play happens. 49ers fans are crushed. Seahawks fans are ecstatic and we all walk out and you could see everyone in red walk to the left with their head down <laughs> and you could see everyone in the blue or illuminated green walk to the right. And they were all cheering and everyone walking to the left was in complete and utter silence. And it is a scene that has been ingrained in my mind that I will be thinking about this weekend because there is a chance now for the, for the Seahawks fans who walked right to walk with their head down and walk with tears as they walk away from Levi's Stadium. And there's a chance for the 49ers fans who walked left to finally have their head raised high and cheer because hopefully they have at least balance the scales as far as the record in the postseason is concerned. I get that, but this is also an entirely different matchup because the Seahawks are, I mean, like that, that NFC yeah, title significantly game. worse. Yeah, they're significantly worse and their expectations are not nearly the same. I mean, that NFC title game was by far the two best teams in the NFC. People were looking forward to that in matchup. the NFL. Yeah. I mean, either team would have dominated the Broncos. You saw the, the Seahawks do it in the Super Bowl. The Niners would have done the same exact thing, uh, in my opinion. Um, but that was the matchup that everyone was looking forward to. And, and you felt they were eventually going to clash. The Seahawks barely won the NFC West. The Niners had to win road postseason games to get to Seattle in the NFC title game, and they did it, and they almost came away with it. And while it was incredibly upsetting and frustrating, in the moment, and even still, as you look back at it now, uh, a decade later, basically, it's still frustrating, uh, and it still eats at you if you're a 49er fan. But there was also a little bit of respect because you knew Seattle was really good. And losing to them while it was terrible, you're like, all right, I mean, they're a really good team. Like, this is a, a coin flip. It could go either way every time these two teams meet. This year is different. The Niners are a 10-point favorite. They're at home. They have the most talented roster in the NFL. The Seahawks kind of backed into the postseason with a little bit of luck. They earned it, but they were also a little bit lucky to get into the postseason, not taking anything away from them. They had a fantastic season, which was much better than expectations, but this is entirely different. If the Niners lose this game, not only will it hurt, not only will it be difficult to swallow, 
but it will be flat out embarrassing. And that's not quite how that NFC title game felt over a decade ago. That wasn't really as embarrassing because that Seattle team was just as good, if not a little bit better than the 49ers. But this year, it's entirely different. It would be an embarrassing loss if it happens again. Yeah, unfortunately, well, they were a little, a little bit better that day. Just a little bit. And they were a lot better than the Denver Broncos on yes. that Super Bowl. But, and, and before we transition, I do think, I, I don't know if you heard Pete Carroll this week, you know, kind of talking about the 49ers saying, you know, basically, you know, not not, mind ad- games. not admitting that they lucked in, but kind of acknowledging that, hey, you know, we got some help to get in the postseason, but now we got to face all oh, those 49ers. Oh, I, you know, it's unfortunate that we got to play those 49ers. And <laughs> like when you talk about an opponent, you know, you're saying you they, they are not at the level, obviously, of that 2013 team. But in a weird way, I, I kind of I have to respect Pete Carroll doing what he can to try and get into the heads of the opposition. And basically, I don't know if it's softening them up or you know, giving them flowers, one of the past he had in and really doesn't feel like he actually does. I don't know what Pete Carroll's playing at, Mark, but I don't know if I like it or not. uh, He's definitely up to something. I mean, you listen to everything he says about the 49ers. He also was uh, on an interview, a weekly interview with a radio station up there, I think 7, 10 a.m. up up in Seattle. Um, And he called the 49ers a juggernaut and said, you know, they're as healthy as they've ever been. They're, they're, you can't possibly be playing be playing better. We have a an like an impossible challenge ahead of us. And you just don't want to hear that from an opposing head coach, let alone Pete Carroll, who Niner fans have grown to hate over the last 13 years that he's been up there and he's saying it in such a a low-key, quiet, it feels so authentic, but you know he's playing mind games. Like I, I on one side, you're like, all right, Pete, you're right. Like, this is a juggernaut Niners team. I, I really feel good about ourselves. But on the other hand, you're thinking, what the hell is this old man up to? Because he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, and he's trying to get in our heads. He's trying to make the Niners, I don't know, lean back. Think, all right, we're a juggernaut. We got this. It's under control. Seahawks lucky to get into the postseason. No big deal. And then before you know it, Seattle's up by 14 early in the game, and he got to fight back to win it. He is playing mind games. Niners and Niner fans, don't take them seriously. Just handle your business, get it done, and deal with everything else afterwards. Do not let this old guy get into your head because he's trying his best to dig in there. Still 71 years old, still chewing gum at a rapid rate. <laughs> I don't know if he's got dentures or not, but I do think that Pete Carroll is still as quick upstairs where it matters he is. as he's ever been. So it's certainly going to be something that um, we'll be paying attention to the rest of the week. I'm sure we'll have some more audio bites to share with you on Friday's episode where we really dig into the matchup between the 49ers and the Seahawks.